the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's what I'm talking about. What's going on, everyone? Straight on from heart. The Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast is on the air on AM 970 The Answer. I hope you had a great week and a great weekend. Um, Dog and Butterfly is the name of the album, 1978. It's one of, uh, probably one of my favorite uh, songs uh, from the band Heart, a- Anne and uh, Nancy Wilson. It's a shame that the sisters have had a falling out and they're kind of not touring again. Um, got a chance to see them a number of years ago. And they are just amazing. And, of course, everybody knows Nancy's voice is just phenomenal. I mean, it's so good that she does a version of Stairway to Heaven that will bring tears to your eyes. And, of course, sang it at the Kennedy Center when Led Zeppelin was being inducted into the Kennedy Center Honors. And um, you could see Robert Plant was just, you know, moved. I mean, amazing. Anyway, great band. If they're back on tour again at some point, I am definitely going to go check them out. If you have not seen them, I encourage you to do so. Uh, because they are uh, absolutely a treasure. We've got a great show for you tonight. News and notes to get to. Uh, you know, all the places you can follow me, Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. We're on uh, the Hopped Up Network, Odyssey, iHeart, uh, all over the place. Uh, just check us out. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find us. You can download and listen to the show whenever you feel like it. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Rob Vandible from Echo Friendly Beer provides insights for the brewing industry as well as its consumers on how to be more environmentally mindful. He's going to join me on the program. Uh, lots of stuff to get into with Rob about recycling and things that are happening, uh, eco-friendly packaging, biodegradable packaging that a lot of breweries are starting to use. Um moving away from plastics, because I think people forget that there are certain things, you know, the, the plastic rings that they use for, um, you know, for beers now when they're holding a four-pack or a six-pack um, that a lot of uh, craft breweries use, they're not recyclable. You could put them in your recycling pail, but they are not recyclable because the machines at the facilities can't handle that plastic. So a lot of times I'll bring them back to a brewery and they'll reuse them. They steam them at at 180 degrees, 190 degrees, it kills the germs, uh, and then they reuse them uh, on packaging. But, but that's not recyclable, and they keep saying that it is, and it's not. So we'll get into it, Rob, about that and a lot of other stuff. A, a perfect time to be talking about uh, the environment and what we can do to be environmentally conscious uh, moving forward. 
Now let's get into some beer news. There's a bunch to get to. I had a bunch of stuff for this first segment. I might have to push it into the second segment. But um, let, let's discuss this. So HomeToGo.com is a website that helps you book vacation rentals around the world. Now, the company is based out of Germany. So I'm, I'm sort of a little skeptical, um, you know, at this, uh, at this thing here. But this is the 17 best spots in the United States to enjoy a beer vacation, right? Um, so they featured 17 cities from 14 different states. The ranking explores the affordability and availability of top-rated beer bars, breweries, and accommodations, providing all the info you need to raise the bar for a brew-filled celebration. This is from them. Seize the opportunity and find the perfect destination to toast the end of the summer with the 2022 Beer Lovers Index. So uh, the the state with the most craft beer happens to be California. They uh, they average about three million uh, three and a half million barrels of beer produced each year. Conversely, Mississippi produces the least at only twenty one thousand, a little over twenty one thousand barrels of craft beer. The world's most expensive beer, uh, Nail Brewing's Antarctic Nail Ale, sold at auction for approximately thirteen hundred dollars. An Australian Pale Ale limited edition brew using water from Antarctic ice. The beers, uh, the proceeds from the sale of the beer went towards marine conservation. The biggest beer drinkers in the U.S. No, it's not New York and it's not New Jersey. The state that consumes the most beer in the U.S. is Vermont, averaging about 24.2 gallons per adult over the age of 21. Very interesting. So here's the top 17 cities uh, for beer lovers. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. You can go to home2go.com and just search the Beer Lovers Index and get all the information there. Maybe we'll put the link out as well. Here's the top five. Number one is Chicago, Illinois, which was a little surprising to me. I know Chicago's got some great breweries. I did not expect it to be number one. Um, Number two is Portland, Oregon. All right, makes sense. Number three is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Didn't think that Milwaukee was that big of a craft brew, you know, place, but okay. Number four is Denver, Colorado. Makes sense. Denver has some great breweries. I'm hoping to get out there next year to explore some stuff. Number five, Seattle, Washington. Again, another one. Makes sense. I, I get it. Let's go through until the, 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 you know, we'll go six through ten. Number six is New York, which is surprising to me. And, but they say the average beer price is $5 on this list, which I find very hard to believe. You can't find a pint, a pint of beer for $5 anywhere in New York City. I'm sorry. I don't know what... I don't know what research they were doing. There's, there's no way. Uh, in Chicago, the average beer price is $8.87. Makes sense. Seven fifty-eight in Portland. Nine fifty-one in Milwaukee. That's a little surprising. Uh, just about a little over seven fifty in Denver and six and a quarter in Seattle. So six through ten. New York, I already said, is number six. Asheville, North Carolina is number seven. Totally makes sense. A lot of great breweries in Asheville. Uh, Austin, Texas is number eight. Okay. Tampa, Florida is number nine. And Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, is 10 And they have an average price of beer in South Carolina for $10. Shocking. Now, number 11 was San Diego. I expected that to be higher on the list. A little shocked by that. Uh, Florida actually has three spots uh, on this list. South Carolina with two. Number 12 is Daytona Beach. 13 is Charleston, South Carolina. 14, Birmingham, Alabama. 15 is Portland, Maine, which is another one that I expected higher. 16 is Boston, Massachusetts, another one I expected higher. And then finally, 17, Key West, Florida. That one blew me away because I did not expect Key West to be on that list. I didn't think Key West had that many craft breweries uh, all over. Very surprised at that. So you can check it out. Top 17 U.S. cities uh, for beer lovers at home 
to go dot com. An interesting list. I sort of disagree with a little bit. The the New York being number six kind of shocks me. I I would think that would be a little bit lower on the list. And I thought that you know at least Portland, Maine, or San Diego would be up higher. A uh, little surprised by that. Just uh, just saying. Uh, as I've been mentioning uh, for the last few weeks, Made in Jersey Festival, uh, Wiggins Waterfront Park in Camden, New Jersey. It's coming up a little less than a month from now. Saturday, October 22nd, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. The rain date is October 23rd on the same times. The entire event, as I've mentioned, a spotlight on New Jersey, New Jersey craft beer, alcohol, oyster farms, honey producers, farmers, crafters, more. Food trucks are going to be there, too. By the way, if you have a food truck and you're based in Jersey and you're from Jersey, we would love to hear from you. Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Hit me up. I will get you to the appropriate people. Uh, we'd love to have some more food trucks there. I think there are four or, f- four or five now. I think they're looking to add uh, at least two or three more. Uh, some of the breweries that are going to be there, the Seed, Twin Elephant, Icarus, Zigmeister, Axe and Arrow. Carton's going to be there as well. Um, it's going to be great. We're going to have a great time. It's being presented by the Camden County Board of Commissioners along with Brewery Strong and Visit South Jersey. It's a great event. Uh, and it's free. It's free. Food trucks and booze you have to pay for, uh, obviously, and the crafts, obviously, that are there. If you want to buy something, you have to pay for it. Uh, but the event is free. There's going to be bands. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things to do for the kids. It's going to be a, a great time. We hope that you can come out. Nathan's getting into the beer business for a good cause. Apparently, the hot dog company has teamed up with Coney Island Brewing Company. Makes sense. They're right there. Uh, to create Nathan's Famous Lager. The company says $1 from every pint purchased will go to the Alliance for Coney Island. The lager available at the Coney Island Brewing Company's tap room and at select Nathan's stores. Very cool. So, um, I mean, this is, listen, it makes sense. Nathan's, Coney Island Brewing, they're right next to one another. By the way, in case you didn't know, Coney Island Brewery owned by Samuel Adams, Boston Beer. That's right. And I have to get out there because uh, Jim is the head brewer over there. He used to be brewer at uh, Wet Ticket. And is doing amazing stuff uh, with beers over there, and i got to get over there. Uh, now that we're in the fall, I may have some time to get out to Coney Island one of these afternoons. So definitely check it out. Finally, Iron Hill will release uh, Kick Cancer's Peanut Butter Porter, uh, brewed in collaboration with Cure Search for Children's Cancer. It's a nonprofit working to end childhood cancer by driving targeted and innovative research with measurable results in an accelerated time frame. So throughout September, Iron Hill asking guests to eat dessert first or include in the initial order in the name of Children's Cancer Research. Servers will deliver the dessert message prior to drinks and food in the restaurant group. We'll donate 75 cents for each dessert ordered in addition to annual and ongoing Triple Chocolate Hill donation commitment for the restaurant group. Since 2004, Iron Hill has raised over $300,000 for Cure Search. It's a, a porter that is an 8.1% ABV Imperial Porter. It's big, chocolatey, packed full of creamy peanut butter, uh, inspired by their Triple Chocolate Hill dessert. The Imperial Porter brewed heaps of chocolate, caramel malts, fresh vanilla beans, as well as peanut butter. Uh, it is already available on draft now. It will be at all 17 Iron Hill locations in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware while supplies last. So that is very, very cool uh, when it comes to uh, doing stuff for cancer research, which is awesome. Now, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news and notes from around the beer world, including a story that happened out of Philadelphia about a week and a half ago where the city of Philadelphia ruined a brewer's crop. I'll explain more when we come back after this on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Talking about. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Lakini's Juice from Live from the Secret Samadhi album. These guys are touring again, and I am jacked. And I heard this in my car coming in one morning uh, on Sirius Satellite Radio uh, on, uh, what was it? Was it Alt Nation? No, not Alt Nation. Um, lithium. That's it. Lithium. Jeez, I couldn't remember the. In the channel. Anyway, I heard it. And I had it cranked in the car, you know, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, just blasting it. And I usually don't listen to really hard, hard stuff early in the morning, but sometimes you just, you know, listen, song comes on, boom, you got to play it. That's what I love about music. It's what I love about live concerts. It's what I love about going to concerts. It's the energy. You can feed off that energy. If it's a really up, upbeat crowd and everybody's kind of into it, man, you can really just... Oh, it's it's a it's a fantastic feeling. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Odyssey.com, uh, Alexa Ready. Uh, we're, we're all over the place. Apple, all of it, all of it. Hopped Up Network, you know, just tune in, do a search, AG Craft Beer Cast, boom, you download it, and you listen to it whenever you feel like it. Uh, there's a lot of other great shows on the Hopped Up Network as well, and you want to check it out there. Now, coming up in 10 minutes, Rob Vandible from Echo Friendly Beer provides insights for the brewery industry as well as its consumers on how to be more environmentally mindful is going to join me. He's also got a new consulting company that he's just started because he's gotten his message across to a number of states that are starting to do these things uh, to be more environmentally conscious. But he wants to bring it nationwide, and I think he's got some great ideas. We talk about uh, plastic, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, you know, what they use for beer to hold the, the beer holders. Jeez, I could, come on. What am I, been drinking? been off beer for the last three weeks. Anyway, uh, those things are not recyclable. Rob is going to tell you why they are not recyclable. There's a lot of things that you throw in your recycling pail that are not recyclable. We're going to get into it with with Rob in just about 10 minutes from now. Plus, we're also going to talk about this CO2 shortage that's going on, that's going around the nation. And Rob provides some solutions as to what breweries can do to stop using CO2 or being, you know, or different alternatives to CO2. Again, a lot of stuff to get into with Rob in just about 10 minutes from now. Now, a couple of quick stories that we need to get to. Philadelphia Brewing Company in Philly, uh, fall beer season is beginning, and a local brewery, uh, said a weed-whacking error made by the city of Philadelphia is going to cost them thousands of dollars in revenue. The Philadelphia Brewing Company is based in Kensington. They posted photos on their Instagram page about a week and a half ago showing their damaged crop of hops in their city garden. The owner apparently says the city erroneously took down over 60 pounds of hops used to make seasonal beers every fall. And, it, and the quote from the Instagram page, despite our clear signage and fenced-off area, the city of Philadelphia took it upon themselves to completely destroy our hop garden yesterday morning, the brewery wrote. They claim it'll cost them tens of thousands of dollars in lost revenue. The city of Philly needs to make good on this. Now, in a statement, a spokesperson for the city blamed miscommunication and staff error 
for the hops being cut down. The hops were removed as they were initially marked as a violation as it appeared the lot was overgrown, a statement read in part. The city says they've reached out to the brewery trying to rectify the situation. You know how you rectify the situation? By cutting them a check for the loss that they're going to uh, uh, you know, uh, consume over the fact that you cut it down. There was signage there. You mean to tell me somebody from the city couldn't have knocked on the door of this brewery and said, because there's somebody there all the time in a brewery. They're making beer around the clock. You're telling me during the day between 9 and 5, nobody was at the brewery and nobody from the city, from the parks department or whatever, knocked on the door and said, Look, we're going to cut these down. There's a sign that says don't cut them down. They're hops. Really? Who complained? Why wouldn't somebody? It, that's an egregious error. The city needs to cut them a check. We'll follow up on that story and let you know what's going on. Chickie and Pete's Brewery Strong, celebrating 10 years of New Jersey beer. It's happening this coming week on Thursday, featuring beers from 20 of New Jersey's best breweries. Thursday, September 29th, live music, food and drink specials. Ten years ago, Governor Chris Christie signed Bill S-641, lifted the restriction on microbreweries and brew pubs in New Jersey, kick-started the brewery boom in the Garden State. Uh, the Seed, Brick City, Ghost Hawk, Glastown, Ludlam Island, Bolero, Cape May, Ross Brewing, Icarus, Axe and Arrow, Chimneys, Rustic Ales, Tons of breweries are going to be there. It's going to be a blast. You need to be there. $2 from every purchase of crab fries at Chickie and Pete's going to go directly to Brewery Strong. That's awesome. That's why you need to be there. Just get the crab fries. Yeah, get a beer, too. Get the crab fries. 2 bucks goes right to Brewery Strong. We're helping people all over the Garden State, and hopefully at some point we're going to take this thing uh, nationwide. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm very happy and proud to be working with Brewery Strong in any way I can get the message out. Uh, to help those folks out is well worth it. Trust me, you will not be disappointed at Chickie and Pete's. Uh, This is at the uh, Egg Harbor Township location. Egg Harbor Township location, Thursday, September 29th. I think it starts at 6, runs through until 9, 10 o'clock at night. Unfortunately, it's too far for me to get there, but go. You will have a great time. Uh, The beer flowing at Germany's Oktoberfest for the first time since 2019. World's biggest beer festival kicked off. Uh, this past week, after a two-year hiatus during the pandemic in Germany, Munich Mayor Dieter Reiter says it would take place without any COVID restrictions. Uh, this past Saturday, it started. Last sa- the Saturday before last, it'll go until October third. Now, coming back to New Jersey, Assembly lawmakers preparing to re-examine rules that were set in July that owners say have hamstrung New Jersey's breweries. An undertaking likely to lead to brewery owners butting heads with bar and restaurant owners already invested in costly liquor licenses. We've been talking about this all summer. Um, the uh, the uh, head of the um, assembly, Speaker Craig Coughlin, met with a bunch of different brewery owners uh, this past week. Uh, among them, uh, Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox, uh, Bolero Snorts uh, Scott Wells, and also uh, the folks from Flying Fish and a number of other breweries. So... Uh, Coughlin said on Monday, one of the things that we're going to have to do is look at the things that are impediments to growth and impediments to success. Again, they met at Flying Fish Brewery in Somerdale this past Monday. Uh, obviously, we've talked about a brewery owners railed against the restrictions, curtailed the advertising breweries can do on social media, uh, charging the restrictions, making New Jersey's brewery industry uncompetitive with neighboring states. The event restriction, which limits breweries to 25 on-site events per year, with some exceptions, is among the most onerous including the tours of breweries. They're looking to try and eliminate those things. To this date, Governor Murphy has yet to voice his opinion on it one way or another, and that is shameful. Governor, if you're listening, you need to meet with me. Let's have a discussion about this. Let's get this done. Enough already. Enough's enough. And to the Speaker, Craig Coughlin, 
Kudos to you for meeting with the brewery owners. Get something in moving right now into the legislature. Get it passed. Put it on the governor's desk. Let him sign it. And let's move forward here. Let's stop being in the 1930s. Let's get into the 21st century. By the way, Prison City Brewing up in Auburn, New York. You want to get it? They're always talking about where can you find our beer? Where can you find our beer? Well, guess what? They've expanded their distribution throughout New York State. The Sheehan Family Companies are now going to distribute them. They're going to be in Brooklyn. They're going to be in a lot of different places, uh, something they did not envision eight years ago when they opened. Um, that is pretty cool. You will be able to get Prison City beer in certain places in New York City, uh, as well as all across New York State. They make some fantastic beer. And listen, their IPA was rated among the best in the world, but their stouts are awesome. They've got some good stuff. Definitely check them out. Prison City Brewery. They're in a little place in Auburn, New York, but now they're going to be coming across all of New York State. You're going to get to taste it, too. That's pretty cool. Finally, on September 27th, did you know that it is the birthday of Samuel Adams? Think about that. The 300th birthday of Samuel Adams. So the Boston Beer Company is inviting you to sip a Sam for Sam on Sam Adams Day on September 27th. I won't be able to partake in that because I'm still not drinking, but that's pretty cool. Now, the Boston Beer Company will cover the cost of a Samuel Adams for people named Sam, Samuel, or Samantha Adams, or anything close. If you're a Samir or a Samara or an Adam, that counts too. Uh, Jim Cook, Boston Beer's founder and brewer and unofficial founding father of craft beer, always wished he could share a beer with Samuel Adams, and now Cook footing the bill for 300 fortuitously named winners to toast one of the founding fathers of America on his 300th birthday. Cook says, I've always admired Samuel Adams as a revolutionary with his underdog spirit and passion for boundary-pushing ideas. His fight for independence served as the inspiration when I first discovered my great-great-grandfather's recipe and named it Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Sam's uncompromising nature continues to drive the endless pursuit of better beer and beyond beer today. Centuries later, Cook followed in Adams' rebellious footsteps, leading the American craft beer revolution, making the name Samuel let him synonymous with American craft beer. So all you got to do is go to CelebrateSams300.com beginning September 27th, enter to win. Obviously, your name has to be Samuel, Adams, Samir, Samantha, something close to that. If you decide to change your name, uh, they're okay with that as well. Uh, but again, you have to enter to win September 27th. Of course, you have to be 21 and older, and you can wish Sam Adams a hoppy birthday. Very cool uh, from the good folks at Sam Adams and Jim Cook. Jim's a great guy. Always a great interview. Need to get him back on the program. Samuel Adams, guys, if you're listening, I need Jim back on the program again at some point. We need to discuss beer. Now, when we come back after a short break, Rob Vandable from Echo Friendly Beer is going to join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. <laughs> Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I'm kind of on a, a live kick. Um, I follow uh, Chad Gracie, the drummer for live, and uh, he posts these great videos about him, you know, uh, practicing in his drum kit with different songs and stuff, and you hear the song in the background, and then he's playing the drums, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So where am I going with this? Well, live is touring again, but they're only playing a couple of limited dates and nothing near me in the New York City area. So I'm kind of upset about that. I need them to come to New Jersey or the you know New York City proper in order to see them again. It's been a couple of years, so cannot wait 
uh, to see those guys again in concert. Hopefully this is sort of a tune-up to a tour uh, that will start next year. Now, my next guest, the founder of a website, it's called Echo Friendly Beer. He's been on the program before. Uh, they provide, he provides insights for the brewing industry as well as its consumers on how to be more environmentally mindful. And we've got lots of problems going on with the environment, obviously. But um, there are a lot of things that are affecting brewers right now, whether it's supply chain issues, CO2, um, eco-friendly packaging, etc. And we're going to get into it with Rob in just a moment. But he's also got his own consulting company that he started. It's called RNV Sustainability LLC, Echovative Solutions for a Better Planet. For more info on all of this, head over to ecofriendlybeer.com. Let me welcome back to the Craft Beer Cast, and it's been a little while, on AM 970 The Answer, Rob Vanderbilt. Rob, how are you? Hi, Al. I'm great, and uh, thanks for having me back on. As you were saying, there's um, a lot going on in the... um craft brewing industry these days in terms of environmental uh, impacts. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's dive right into it. We spoke a few years ago. You were essentially this this sort of lone guy trying to get breweries to be more environmentally conscious. And it, and it, it has worked in a few states now, like Rhode Island and Vermont and Chicago. So let's start with how you've gotten breweries to stop using plastic ring holders and shift to biodegradable products. Yeah, so it's it's been a real sort of challenge, to be honest with you. Um, plastic is everywhere these days. It's typically cheaper than other options, um, and undeniably it does work well. Um, I've been on a sort of a, a path for several years to try to get breweries to rethink this, and obviously, as you know, and everybody else knows, it's not just me, there's all sorts of things in the media these days about the challenges with plastic packaging. Um, but most recently, uh, it was really, really great news to see that a, a brewery called The Alchemist, which I'm assuming most of your uh, listeners will be familiar with, mm-hmm. switched over from the standard sort of plastic packaging to these biodegradable and fully compostable E6PR um, packaging rings. And um, they are just such a better product for the environment that it was really exciting news, um, especially because of this brewery's stature and that it's um, a relatively bigger brewery compared to the thousands of really small little places that maybe it's going to start the trend away from plastic and towards these other carriers. That would be that would be really great. And Rob, let me let me stop you there for a second because we talked about this last time, but I don't think and I want to reiterate this because I don't think people really realize um, this issue and why it's so big. Um, the labels in the pack text that breweries use to hold their beer are not recyclable. We spoke about it last time, but explain to the audience again why they're not recyclable. Right. So these these can toppers or can carriers, there's a bunch of different names for them, or pack text, that's the sort of industry name. They're the, you know, that hold the four cans together that you conveniently carry it with. They're advertised and marketed as 100% recyclable, which is, True in theory, but as we know, the real world doesn't sort of operate on theory. Um, So in order for that to get properly recycled, it would have to go through the the standard procedure that a consumer has, which is you toss it into your single-stream recycling bin with a whole bunch of other different things, and you hope that it gets properly sorted and then off to the right place that it can be melted, you know, chipped down, melted down, and then reused to make more plastic products. 
really, really hard for that to happen these days with a lot of different plastic products and these included. So the likelihood of your pack tech getting recycled if you throw it in your recycling bin is less than 5%. Wow. Um, and so that's the sort of really damaging side to this. So then it's going to end up in landfill or it's going to get incinerated or sometimes, as we know, if you just walk down the street, you can see that we've got lots of litter for a whole bunch of different reasons. So if the pack tech ends up in any of those three places, it's terrible for the environment and it's just um, a problem that can be solved by getting breweries to take these back mm-hmm. and clean and reuse them, which is a really, really easy, convenient thing to do for small breweries, and it actually saves them money. And that's where we've been able to get a lot of traction on that side of things, which is in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Vermont has done an amazing job, and now in Chicago, we've been able to get these great take-back programs where smaller breweries will you know, sometimes have incentives for, for their consumers to bring mm-hmm. them back. Um, and again, they can clean them, reuse them, and it's a win-win. Less plastic packaging being used and um, money being saved by these small breweries in terms of less packaging costs. We're talking with Rob Vandible. He's the co-founder of Eco-Friendly Beer, and he also has a new consulting company. It's called RNV Sustainability LLC, Ecovative Solutions for a Better Planet. For more info on both, just head over to ecofriendlybeer.com as we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And, Rob, you mentioned it about how uh, breweries should be recycling these things and using them more. There's a local brewery by my house, Wet Ticket Brewing, uh, in New Jersey, and the owner, Tim... Uh, co-owner, he he does recycle uh, the black ones because that's what they use uh, primarily for their uh, their beer. So what I do is I'll I'll save up you know as many as I can and then bring them to him and he steams them to sanitize them uh, at a certain temperature and then reuses them uh, for you know his next set of beers. Which you're right, but again uh, you know you're you're saying the best solution is to ditch plastic altogether. Obviously, the stuff that Alchemist is using is the smart way to do it. But what are other ways that more states can can get rid of waste? Obviously, in New Jersey, we have this plastic bag ban where uh, they want you to just use reusable bags. It's against the law to even use paper bags at this point. What can more states do to get rid of waste? Is there a solution? Yeah, and it's a, it's a great question, Alan. It's a, it's a big question and one that I think um, we're going to definitely have to reckon with, not just in the brewing industry, but as you said, everywhere. So... I think we as consumers need to start getting used to a, a sort of a new normal, which is going to be that we actually have to go back to the sort of saying that everybody's heard, but no one seems to really utilize, which is reduce, reuse. And then if you have done everything you can, try to recycle. Mm-hmm. Typically right now we are uh, sort of a society of convenience, right? So we just want to, get everything, use it once, and then alleviate our guilt by throwing it in the recycling bin. But when you dig a little deeper, you realize that recycling in many parts of the world, our country included, is, um, again, it's a theory, but it's not necessarily happening very well in reality for a whole bunch of reasons that we don't have time to get into. So, Mm -hmm. um, And businesses, I think, need to try to embrace this mentality, and I think that consumers are are much more ready than ever before to hear this kind of messaging. Um, And, you know, simple things like reusable sort of bags or 
just asking consumers to figure out ways to not need quite so much packaging in particular is a big one. Right. And and before we run out of time, and this is a great thing, and, I, and, and what Rob wants to do really is to take this program nationally where brewers can can sort of contact him and, and others as well to uh, work on the sustainability and reusability and recycling uh, of different products. But before we, we run out of time, Rob, I want to mention you had something on your uh, Facebook page, and it's something that's been going on now uh, for a little while and is becoming more serious for brewers. There's a CO2 shortage that is real and affecting many breweries across the country. What is the short-term solution that can be done, if any, and is there a long-term solution? Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, there are several interesting things that um, are coming as a result of this issue, and I think they're going to be really positive trends for the industry. One is that um, CO2, most people don't know this. They probably just assume that CO2 is mostly used for carbonating beverages, but um, in the brewing industry, and I think in others, it's used in every step of the process. So switching from CO2 to something called nitrogen, which we all know is sure. something that's just in our air. It's not a greenhouse gas. It's actually cheaper and easier to get because it doesn't have the same um, supply chain issues because it's accessible almost anywhere and you can create a nitrogen plant anywhere. Um, that's been a really big positive change. A lot of breweries are figuring out when and where they can use nitrogen in their production processes primarily. It's not that we're going to start drinking more nitrogenated beers. It's right. going to be that all the other process part is done with nitrogen or much of it. That will be a big help for everybody. On top of that, there's little things that breweries can do. For example, there's a thing called a spunding valve that can be put on pretty much any fermentation tank and can help um, take some of the CO2 that's already in the beer during the fermentation process and and save some of that instead of having it all be um, sent out through these sort of tubes that send it out into the atmosphere when it's just fermenting. And then the bigger one that might be coming, but it's a little more expensive and will require um, a lot more capital investment from breweries, which is hard for smaller breweries sometimes, is carbon capture technology. It's really come a long way on a small scale. It's not a serious climate change sort of solution for the world, but for small industry like craft brewing, um, it's starting to be for some of these breweries. Um, but again, that that is something that only so many breweries can do if they have the the money behind them to do it. Right. Obviously, for smaller breweries that, that produce a very small amount, it wouldn't be cost-effective for them. But for the bigger ones, uh, it would certainly be something uh, that they could look into. These are great things. My guest has been Rob Vandable. He's the founder of Eco-Friendly Beer. He also has his own consulting company. It's called RNV Sustainability LLC, Ecovative Solutions for a Better Planet. For more info on both, just head over to ecofriendlybeer.com. Rob, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Much success on, on uh, both uh, ends with the uh, consulting company as well as Eco Friendly Beer. And thanks so much for the knowledge for the audience. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, always appreciate a chance to be on your show, Al, and a uh, chance to talk to your listeners. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer.
final segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970, The Answer. Black Coffee in Bed from the band Squeeze. Got a chance to see them a few years ago with, um, a few years ago, wasn't it last year? I thought it was last year. That's right. It was last year. What am I talking about a few years ago? Uh, they opened for uh, Hall & Oates, and I have to say they did a far better job than Hall & Oates did. I've, I've mentioned this on the program before. Uh, Daryl Hall just doesn't have it anymore in his voice. He just doesn't. Um, I'm not interested in hearing renditions of their top 80s hits. I don't expect him to sing it exactly uh, the way he recorded it, but you got to give me some approximation of it, and he just doesn't do it. But Squeeze was unbelievable, and those are cats I would go and see again uh, in an absolute heartbeat. All right, let's dive into Suds and Duds. Uh, A couple of non-alcoholic beers are going to be reviewed in this segment because I've been off drinking the month of September, so a lot of these beers are obviously from August. But um, I took the month off, um, and next week's program, I will not have started drinking yet, so I don't think we're going to, we're not going to do a Suds and Duds segment next week. We'll probably just do another additional news segment uh, on next week's program, or maybe my opinion. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I haven't thought that far ahead, let's put it that way. Um, but I will let people know, I am going to be on vacation uh, in San Diego in November. That week that I'm on vacation... Uh, the second week of November is going to be a best of. Uh, it'll be uh, a couple of uh, you know interviews that we've done over the last several months, and I'll uh, string those together. And I'm also away at the uh, end of October uh, for four days during the week. I'm not really sure if I'm going to be airing a new show that weekend. That all depends on some other variables. Maybe, but I, I don't know. Since I'm sort of working the Monday, Friday, I don't know if I'm going to have enough time to put a show together. So we'll see what happens. Just letting everybody know. All right, let's dive into Suds and Duds. Moth Fire Brewing. So this is a beer that I got from uh, dear friends Kim and Colleen. I believe this one is from Colleen. Um, that uh, They have a, a uh, an Instagram uh, account called uh, Crack One at the Summit. Definitely want to follow it because uh, they do some cool hiking trips and they drink some really cool beers uh, on the trip as well. This one happens to be Pink Lights. A nice and light, slightly hoppy blonde ale. Crisp, floral. Uh, wasn't bad. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, that was a nice uh, change of pace. Sometimes I like those blonde ales that have a little bit of hop to them. I, I, I You know, uh, it's not my favorite um, beer style, but uh, some of them do uh, hit the mark. Now, Ultra Waimea, by source, was, this was in like a, I think this was in a mixed four-pack that source did a couple of months ago, and I finally got around to, because I was clearing out the fridge, finally got around to drinking this, and might be my favorite of the series. There's something very much more tropical about this that kind of reminds me of Hawaii, uh, and I think that's why I like this I, I like this particular hop better than all the other ones that Source does. I think that's why I, I, uh, I enjoyed it so much. A really good beer. Um, Stumble by Two Times. Now, this is a brewery out of Atlanta, so I know this is a can that Kim had given me. First off, I love strawberry rhubarb pie. In fact, I, I had a chance to get it at the local farmer down the street from me, and I passed it up to get an apple pie, and I should have gotten the strawberry rhubarb. I think next time I, I'm in there and they have it, I'm going to get it. Well, this beer tasted exactly like that, strawberry rhubarb. Fantastic. And I think the first time I ever had strawberry rhubarb pie was in Amish country. Somebody had it. My wife and I bought it, bought the pie, brought it home, and uh, it was amazing. 
and I I don't think I'd ever had rhubarb before. But boy, I'll tell you, strawberry rhubarb. <laughs> oh man, that's that's a good pie, and that was a delicious beer. Thank you, Kim, for that. That was excellent. Triplicity by Source Brewing. This is uh, one of their anniversary beers they came out with at the beginning of August. Super, super smooth for a triple. Nice and juicy, but oh boy, oh boy, is this a dangerous beer because it will certainly uh, knock you out if you have more than one of these. So um, definitely something you need to consider. Uh, If you find it somewhere and you crack it open, or if you're at Source and you have one, Make sure you don't have another, or at least take some time uh, before you have that next beer. Trust me, uh, it will absolutely be worth it. Uh, let's see. This, uh, from Drecker Brewing, I believe this was from Colleen from uh, Crack One Up the Summit. Super smooth double. It's involuntary narcissistic rage. Uh, lactose is there. It's not super heavy. This was delicious. Drecker makes some really good stuff, um, and I really enjoyed this one. And I know, the la- I know that Colleen is not into lactose. I think that's why I got this beer. But um, I have to tell you, this was delicious. I really enjoyed this one a lot. And I like the, in, I like the name of it, Involuntary Narcissistic Rage. I can be narcissistic at times. Uh, you know what? Most broadcasters can be narcissistic. And any of them that tell you that they're not, they're lying through their teeth. I'm just going to put it out there. A Solera by Jersey Cyclone Brewing. This was one that I had when I was there uh, in, interviewing uh, Jan Chiritashuk. Um, a couple of weeks ago. Solid New England IPA, great head of tropical fruit up front, perfect on a hot summer day. And now that I'm almost off drinking, I'm definitely making a pilgrimage over to Jersey Cyclone to have a couple of beers. That tasting room is gorgeous. That is a beautiful taste. That's probably one of the nicest tasting rooms I've ever been in. From a, from a Just from a modern standpoint, you know, you just don't feel like you're in an industrial park. That's what the, that's what the feel of it was. That's why I liked it. Uh, Athletic Light by Athletic Brewing. So this was at Paragon Tap and Table. They had just gotten cans of this. Um, for no booze in this, super light. All of these non-athletic, uh, non- uh, non-athletic, non-alcoholic beers, I, I, most of them seem like they need just a tad bit more flavor. Like they taste like a beer, but it, it's almost, I, I, I know this is going to sound obvious, like it's missing something. Yes, we know it's missing the alcohol, but I, I feel like when they're taking the alcohol out, they're not adding enough flavor to it. Um, and I guess that's the point, right? I, I, I mean, you know, again, I'm just taking a, uh, I'm taking a guess on this one. But it's a good beer. I mean, and if you're looking for something to be carb conscious, uh, you know, low calorie, although there is carbs in these beers, so you've got to watch out. But not a bad beer. Uh, Run Wild IPA by Athletic. Easy drinking, a little bit of a bite on it. I uh, had that at Gebbard's Beer Culture when I was in the city for uh, the Marcus King Band. Um that's not a bad beer. Um, you know, again, it's one of those things where I, I'm not crazy about IPAs that just don't really have enough of a bite to it. So I had one and that was it. And then I had at Gebbard's Beer Culture, they had Vine and Stefan half of Ice beer. This is an alcohol-free one. And this was a pretty good German non-boozy beer. Not the best in the world, but, but pretty good. And then um, Special Effects Hoppy Amber by Brooklyn Brewery. Uh, that was a delicious beer, a very good flavor. That had a, 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 some, some nice flavor in that and very tasty. And then um, I had gotten this from uh, Wine Anthology, Hoppy Lark 0.0, really, really hoppy. Uh, Simcoe and Citra Hops, this is from Hop Lark, a double dry hopped uh, version of an IPA, but it's made with black tea, decaffeinated black tea. That was fantastic. 
It had a beer-like quality, but it was non-alcoholic black tea, and it was delicious. And here's the best part. No calories, no carbs. That's something I could get into. If I decided a weekend of no drinking, that's something I could have. It was delicious. I really enjoyed it. I tried to do a little research on them. Haven't found too much. I don't know if they're still out there. Their Instagram page was not uh, really kept up, so I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, folks, we are out of time on the program. My thanks to Rob uh, uh, Vandible uh, from Echo Friendly Beer Drinker. And um, as always, uh, the great Buddy Watson. I am back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show. This has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.